You're listening to the We Are Libertarians podcast network. Find all of our shows at wearelibertarians.com. Thank you for listening to the We Are Libertarians network. Get our other shows at wearelibertarians.com. Our next presenter is Sean Shepard. He's the Marion County Communications Director for the Libertarian Party there. Sean ran for Congress in the 7th District against Andre Carson and John Elrod in 2008. And in every debate Sean was in, everyone walked away saying that Sean won. And the biggest reason is that Sean knew his facts, he had internalized them, he had memorized them, and he was able to speak with confidence. And so Sean's going to talk about how you can speak with confidence, how to craft your message, and how to talk to the media without getting yourself into trouble that may be irreparable in, in, in some of these smaller races. So if you please welcome Sean Shepard. Thanks, Chris. Yeah, I was talking about the debates and stuff, I heard a great story from one of them. After, uh, after one morning on uh, it was Channel 13, the NBC affiliate here in town, uh, I was talking with one of my opponents, Andre Carson, and uh, he revealed to me that he'd been he'd been perusing my website that I put up and reading some of my stuff, and it was great because because here's the uh, the grandson of the previous congressperson and, uh, and chatting with me, and he's just like he's just like, hey, I've been reading your website, you got some good stuff there, and it's like, well, if, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna get that on tape, it's an endorsement. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> The great thing is, you know, he always treated me very well, and now he's a, now he's a congressman. I, I think some of this stuff may have with some duplication in a couple of areas, just as far as preparation for a campaign, things to do ahead of time. But I, I put together a few things. Chris mentioned it early on about the photo or the headshot and how important that is. Um, I have Allison McGuire to thank for the one I use. Um, I, I, I noticed a lot of politicians, the one they use is usually 10 or 15 years old. Um, I'm not quite to that point yet, but I might keep that one around for a while. Um, we didn't have a headshot for my campaign until about halfway through the thing, and that ended up being really bad. Both of my opponents in the same week got themselves in very bad trouble. Um, you know, one of them was caught doing some things on the state house floor that the other party wanted to make a big deal out of. And what's great is they were going after each other. I got to stay out of it because as the third party. But in the newspaper, they put a little thing about it, about here's who one guy got in trouble, here's how the other guy got in trouble, and hey, thumbs up to the Libertarian, he didn't get himself in trouble this week. But the only photo they had to use, because we had not sent them an official campaign headshot, was one taken from an odd angle of me at a tax protest event with a microphone in front of my face. So it was just, it just looked awkward, because here you've got you know, one candidate in front of the flag, you know, you've got the other candidate, and then you've got this guy holding the microphone. So the headshot thing is very important. Um, you want to have a media list because you're going to start announcing things, wanting to send stuff out. Leverage Chris as a resource or Tim, uh, if you're in Marion County or your, your other county chairs, to to have, you know, who do we send all this information up to? Who are we going to uh, send, send these things to? Because that's very, very important and you don't want to have something you urgently want to get out and then be sitting there without any mechanism to get it out to people. And that's going to include TV, print media, newspapers, um, Maybe a local map like Indianapolis Monthly or things like that, you might have on the list for some things. Uh, you've got the bloggers, uh, all sorts of different things that, that to keep in mind. Um, you want to be ready to go with a website and an email address. Um, people are right away, they're going to want to come and say, well, you know, what about who is this guy who just announced his campaign? Have your website up and ready to go the day you make that announcement. Um, 
preferably you've got some mechanism to be able to get people to you know, click boxes and send their names so they can volunteer and you know you've got, got resources there to help you out because those will come in handy. Uh, and we'll talk about that a little bit in a minute. Um, you need to have a campaign manager and a treasurer uh, who is going to be your partner in staying out of trouble with campaign finance laws. You're going to have your treasurer picked out. That's a huge responsibility. And then a campaign manager. A lot of candidates don't understand that the campaign manager, once you get your campaign manager, he doesn't work for the candidate. You work for the campaign manager. Typically that's someone who has, it's, 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 they're separate from you, they're gonna be able to look from the outside a little bit at things you're doing, things you're saying, activities, stuff, coordinating things, listen to them. I've worked for a campaign before where you couldn't tell the candidate anything. Um, very frustrating. <laughs> You could tell them he just wouldn't listen. <laughs> well, that's, that one, that's true. That's true. Um, have your, we, someone talked about paperwork. Have your paperwork ready to go, ready to file. Um, double, triple check. Do not fill it out by yourself and then go turn it in. Make sure other folks in the party get to look at it. Some of the forms change periodically, and I think someone suggested earlier that sometimes the rules change and they don't tell us as well as they should. Um, but we had an instance, I think, a a year ago or a couple years ago when there was a form that they had changed and there was a line on the form that looked like a divider, like they were separating the top half from the bottom half of the page. But at the end of the day, that's where you were supposed to write what office you were looking for. And it wasn't really clear on there unless you're looking through the thing and realize that it never asked you for that. Um, someone talked about platform. Why are you running? What is the? What are the core themes of your platform? Uh, I got a few points I want to make about that in a minute. Um, find a friend or relative, someone, and we're doing a good job with some stuff here today, who has a camcorder or have, or have their own. Have someone to man because every time you're out talking to people, doing things, uh, debates, you want to get that stuff recorded. Number one, because you'd probably like to have a copy someday. But number two, you stick that stuff on YouTube, direct people there, and then anytime they want to find out what you're about. Whether, you know, if you're, especially if you're personable and you're good speaking in front of people, you want to get that up there so that you can present that professional image. Um, I think that's very helpful, especially with everyone sitting on the you know, computer all the time looking at this stuff. Announcing your run. Um, one thing to consider is, and I think especially if you're running for statewide or federal office, is do you need to hold a press conference of some kind? Um, if you're going to do that, you don't want to be standing there by yourself announcing this thing, you want to have some of your campaign staff, your relatives, people who care about you there with you, right? A little bit of a show of force that we have some momentum to this and then and make an announcement. Um, one thing you want to do before you do that, before you announce as a candidate, is if you have a Facebook page, you might want to go through that. If your Facebook page is all uh, fart jokes and sexual innuendo, you might want to clean that up a little bit. I see Chris left already. <laughs> um, I also recommend if you're going to do a press type of event, at least for me personally, I like to have a podium. And if you're running for political office, you might want to have a flag behind you. Uh, former uh, Congresswoman Julia Carson, if you ever watched her, she always had something patriotic on her, whether it was a flag scarf or a pin or something like that. Think about those kind of things because it's part of what makes you look like a politician, like you're serious about the country or the, the values of America. Um, 
press releases, including one you're going to use to announce your candidacy, and this all goes back to who all you're going to send that to as well. Um, don't write them yourself and then send them out without two or three eyes looking over them. Preferably, if you have someone who knows someone who's good at writing, you can leverage that resource to, to do those things for you so that you can focus on going out talking to voters and that sort of thing. If asked, why are you running? You better have some good answers. You know, two to three quick points that you can put into media sound bites. Why are you running for this office? And you've got, I mean, you've just got to have two or three really good reasons as to why, why you're compelled to do this, why you think you can do a better job than the people who are doing it now or have done it before. Uh, that's, that's critically important. You will get asked that question repeatedly. So be prepared because you don't want to make that answer up the first time a news reporter sticks a microphone in your face and says, why are you running? And you're going, um, uh, uh, well, this, that, and that guy's, um, you want to have it condensed down. So if by chance they play it on the news that night, it sounds good and wow, hey, they're, they're, you know, right away you make a good first impression. Most of, most of the, the things I wanted to really talk about today, and somehow I got shoehorned into the starting of the campaign, but really what I wanted to talk about was framing up the message. When you're talking people, as you're announcing your campaign, letting people know you're a candidate, uh, just some things to keep in mind. First thing, know what issues might come up. There was some discussion earlier about knowing why you want to run and what you're passionate about and letting that guide you into things. But you know, if you're running for federal office, federal legislative office, you know that gay marriage, abortion, the economy, jobs, foreign policy, those things are going to come up. Better know what your answers are going to be when people bring those up and what your positions are. And you have to keep in mind your audience. And um, you know, a, a, to me, a real, a real bad example of how not to answer a question was in the pres Republican presidential debates um, when Ron Paul made a comment about just come home. He alienated a huge chunk of people in his party because he might not have really explained that he didn't mean just tomorrow, march right home now, but to some kind of orderly process to undo all of that. I, I think that was a bad moment in his campaign. Um, so you want to be cognizant of those kinds of things. So you need to know what you're going to say. Don't be afraid to be bold, but don't be mean-spirited. Don't be, uh, don't be just against everything. Um, you know, sometimes it's helpful just to acknowledge that maybe, you know, uh, part of some position somewhere has the right idea, but they're approaching it the wrong way. Uh, it's okay to acknowledge that that your opponents and you maybe want the same things. You know, everybody wants good schools, a healthy economy, full employment, all those sort of things. Everybody just might approach the solutions differently. And I think we've seen evidence maybe that the other two parties don't really have solutions that work. That's an advantage that you've got if you point to that. Um, as a libertarian, if you're running for a local or a state office and you talk a lot about how you, you, know, you we, we get a lot of flack for this and sometimes it's deserved, sometimes it's not. But if you're talking about how you don't think fire and police or and roads are legitimate functions of government, going to scare a lot of people. You know, the, we can have those debates, we can have those discussions, but at the end of the day, for most people, you, you close them out right away if you're going to go all the way from just trying to downsize government, trying to take a pragmatic approach to this, and you're going to go straight to, well, all the roads should be sold off and privatized, and 
you know, no one's gonna no one's gonna buy into that. So you want to be careful not to marginalize yourself with the message. And that also goes to if you're gonna make your core campaign issues, um, chemtrails, the 9/11 truth movement, all these things that inappropriately or not, always gonna get stuck aimed towards us. Please don't run. <laughs> okay. Um, you know, it doesn't matter if you have videotaped footage of George W. Bush himself walking into World Trade Center 7 every night for the first eight months of his campaign, personally carrying thermite bands to destroy support columns so that Cheney and bin Laden can over T hit the trigger. And not, it doesn't matter. You have marginalized yourself in the eyes of the voters. And, and that hurts everybody. You know, it's okay to have questions about these things. It's okay to say you have questions about some of these things. You know, I think we've seen over over time that, you know, that 50 years down the road, you, there's things that are found out that maybe no one knew at the time. That sort of stuff. It's okay to to have those questions and things, but you have to be careful how you frame this stuff up in front of the voters, or you lose 90, 95 percent of them right away. You know, even on something. That, the other benefit you have as a libertarian is that you have an opportunity to talk about things in ways that a lot of voters might not have never heard. Uh, I had a situation where I went to a, 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 a neighborhood association meeting, and it was a lot of you know, 40, 50-year-old women in particular in this, in this one meeting, and some of them had never heard libertarian before. And what's interesting is three candidates were invited to this, or, or should have known about it. I was the only one that showed up that night. Which meant I got to talk for about the time all three of you know, all three of us combined were able to talk. We got to talk about a lot of things. Um, I think we changed a couple of minds that night. So you know those sort of things are important. Know what all these events are. Get out there amongst the voters. There's this great joke I've used a few times lately. I stole it from someone, but it's like you know it's two or three o'clock in the morning, and your girlfriend or your wife's yelling, you know, hey, hey, you know, come upstairs, go to bed, and and. and all she hears back is, I can't, someone is still wrong on the internet, you know, because they're down there typing, you know, we're, a lot of us are guilty of that. You're not going to win an election sitting behind your computer screen. Uh, I think that's something for everyone to understand. And as libertarians, a lot of us lean very into that kind of logical, uh, introverted, you know, sort of thinking inside our heads sort of uh, uh, personality. Uh, I'm guilty of this. It's tough to get out of that, but it's important. Um, when thinking about issues that pe people may not have heard a correct solution to before, let's look at something like the, the marriage debate. You have folks on one side that say government should get in and regulate and define and structure marriage. You have folks on the other side that say they should legalize certain types of things. But I think mostly as libertarians, we look at it and go, well, wait a minute, why does government have any say-so in this? It's not one or the other. It's neither of those positions. A lot of people have not heard that argument before. Um, so there's just different arguments, different th ways we can frame things up that maybe folks haven't heard in the past. Again, if you talk about shutting down 90% of the government day one, might alienate some people. They're not going to take you seriously. Uh, we didn't get where we're at overnight. We're not going to get back overnight. Um, when you're doing a press event, don't wear your sunglasses. And if you have a beard, make sure it's you know, trimmed nice and neat, those sort of things. Um, that's important. Voters want to see your eyes. You know, they want to. You know, if you got sunglasses on, for some reason, psychologically, amongst a lot of people, it 
you know, it seems shady to them or you're hiding something. They want to be able to look you in the eye. Um, take people with you to things. Don't show up at events, at press things, at media things, by yourself. Show up with people. This is very important. Number one, it shows you've got supporters. But number two, you've got people who can help you. If you can, get someone to drive you to these things. If you're running late, they can drop you off. You can go in. They can go park the car. Okay? One of the one of the things that I found, found really helpful one day was, um, uh, again, it was an NBC thing one Sunday morning. And I'm sitting there in my chair, and my coat jacket's all curled up around my neck. And I can't see it. I don't know that. Sam was sitting off to the side in the room with me, didn't know that. But I had three or four other people in the other room watching on a monitor, including Mr. Ed Angleton back there. And the next thing I know, I see Ed Angleton walk, get escorted into the room, and he's standing behind the camera pointing to his collar, letting me know that I need to take care of that. That was extremely helpful. Extremely helpful. And so you want to have people there who can pay attention to those things, pay attention to the details. If you watch some of the other candidates, they always have people helping them, make sure their collar's right and, and everything's, everything's buttoned up nice. Um, you know, it's, it's always important to under, understand that everything we do gets magnified because, at least for now, we are a smaller party. You know, when the Republicans run some guy who shows up at a Hitler birthday party, <laughs> which happened, it's discount. It's a, it's an odd, you know, it's, we know, you know, we've got all these congressmen, we've got all these people, that's just an odd event. And they can't make a lot of hay out of that. We've got to be a little more careful because it's a smaller group. <clears throat> At least for now. Like Mike said, it may be changing a little bit. Certainly we've seen the growth here in the road, across the state and locally in the party. Um, so just be cognizant of what you're doing, what you're saying, how it represents all of us, and how it how it positions you in the minds of people who are actually going to go vote. Um, those are just those are just really critical things. From a uh, um, don't forget resources like Facebook groups, uh, Meetup.com, being able to organize, keep people together, keep a list of people who contact your campaign so you can let them know when things are. Maybe they can show up, and you can have a you know, some of these things. You can have a presence so that the, you see that there's support for what you're doing. Um, be very careful when talking to the media. One last thing before I finish. Um, I had a situation where I was being interviewed with a reporter for the Star, and I made a, a comment about a certain policy position, and the way it ended up getting presented in the paper was not as nuanced as I had presented it. <clears throat> I needed to be more careful in how I answered a certain question. Um, also keep in mind, anytime you're talking to the media, or you're gonna get quoted in the Star or whatever, don't expect them to use the best thing you said. Very often it'll be it won't be the best thing you said it'll be the worst thing it'll be cut whatever so you need to make sure you've got everything boiled down into sound bites and the things that you can say talk about present in ways that 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 it benefits you if it happens to get used somewhere so that's it. Okay, before I open up to questions, one last comment I wanted to make was that, um, as some of us saw recently with the current 9th District Congressional Representative, who has a strong aversion to these things happening to him, even if you don't take a video camera to an event you're going to, the other folks probably will, or somebody will, and things you say and do 
possibly even close-up interactions one-on-one -on -one with people, could find their way onto YouTube. So, again, you always want to be very careful about how you're presenting yourself, what you're saying, those sort of things. So, um, that being said, uh, there's questions. Sean? I just wanted to expand, at least going back to the beginning part of what Sean was talking about, uh, getting your message out to the media and media relations. Uh, one of the crucial things that you have to do when you run that first press conference is to have a media kit available. And the media kit is relatively simple. It has to be a high quality uh, headshot that we were talking about earlier, a photograph that they are able to duplicate of yourself. If you have an attractive family, as some of our candidates have in the past, uh, it might not be bad to have a family shot as well to show that we are normal human beings that have families and have responsibilities and all the other good things that go along with that. You need to have a brief biographical sheet of who you are and kind of like a resume, where you've come from, and then by that point in your campaign, you ought to have solidified the three or four bullet points that Sean was talking about as well. You don't need a 15-page treatise on global warming and what the Libertarian Party position is on it or anything else. But you need the three or four talking points that you're going to emphasize for your whole campaign. That needs to be presented in a relatively concise and logical manner. So those are the three or four things that you put in some kind of nice binder at your press conference and give to everybody who attends. For those people who don't attend, and many of them will not, at the same time, you would have put those in directly in the mail to whoever the contact people are at all the media outlets in your district. If you don't know who they are, do some research or let us know and we can do some research for you because we have some pretty good media lists. Um, and make sure that gets done. Some of them may request the same information in electronic format. It's easy enough on the internet now to zap the stuff by email. But that's something that absolutely, you don't run a press conference, don't call a press conference unless you have a handout to give to them the first time that gives them an idea of who you are and where you're coming from and something they can take back as the media at heart is kind of lazy. And if you give them stuff that is printed for them, they are more likely to use it and use the, especially those photographs in the future. And not to add not to add too many cooks to this kitchen, please send that media kit, the headshot, the bio to me at the state headquarters and I'll disseminate it to the officers because a lot of times the media around the state will call me first, as they'll call the state headquarters, they'll call the state chair, instead of con contacting you because they can, e they can Google our email address or phone number. And so if I can give them that information within two minutes, it makes you look better and it makes us look better. So anytime you send out a press release, write a story, a letter to the editor, create your media kit, make sure I'm copied on it and that I get it. And then I can put it on the website. Ron Simcush and Jeff Scherchel, have all uh, have both in the last couple weeks had stuff posted on LPIN.org because they Facebook messaged me or emailed me and said, hey, I wrote this, we put it on the website, sure. I put up a YouTube video of Ron giving his uh, introduction speech. So uh, I'm here to help you when it comes to media, it comes to getting in touch with people. Help me help you, let me know how I can help. Uh, we are also kind of in the midst of a website redesign for the state party <coughs> and a couple of things that we intend to have available are candidate pages for each candidate where that stuff would be useful. The media, again, inherently not wanting to do a lot of work of their own, would go to our website and have all the information there that they need for all, all of our candidates as appropriate. Um, 
And I think that that is all that I wanted to add to what you were talking about. Also, if you're going to have prepared <coughs> prepared statements or prepared comments, uh, basically you've got a speech or something, and you're going to read from that, make it available to the media. Have copies available when they show up. Don't be disheartened if you don't get a big media response. When I ran, we did a uh, we did a uh, press conference to talk about what my campaign felt were some coming bank failures, devaluation of currency, out of control debt spending, and we got one news outlet that showed up with a camera. Somewhere they had footage of this, um, but none of it ended up on the air. And, uh, and sure enough, since then, I think we've had 80, you know, 70 or 80 bank failures. So, you know, it's, you know, it's okay, you know, if you, you know, you know you're right, you know you've got a good message, just don't get disheartened if the media doesn't show up for everything you do. Um, and sometimes be a little bit cognizant of the media cycle. Chris would actually be a good person to talk about that so that you know when to schedule things um, to where you're more likely to get the media to show up. And also just be aware, you know, there may have been a big fire somewhere, and, and that's why you, know, you didn't get, get the press to show up. And smile. And smile. Don't look like you're at a funeral. Yeah, I'm bad at that. I don't, I don't smile. I, do, I keep meaning to look up some jokes and use <laughs> and stuff and come up with some, but you get so, I get so focused on the content and the facts and the policy wonkish stuff and and um, and, and lose sight of you know, trying to trying to reach people a little bit sometimes. So, uh, yeah, I, I just had a quick question. What about like the location of a press conference? Should you try to find a, a friendly conference room or, or perhaps rent something in a hotel for a little? Yeah, if you can, absolutely. You want to try and find you know some some place you're comfortable, obviously, some place where you can get some people there, or media can get in and out without a lot of hassle if they show up. And like I think, like I said before, I like to have a podium and a flag. Um, it just looks professional. It looks like you're serious about what you're doing. Um, you know, you don't. If you're inside, you don't have to worry about the wind, you know, blowing your tie up over your shoulder or anything like that. Uh, sometimes you just got to be kind of aware of your, your settings and surroundings there. I know when uh, Indianapolis City Councilor Ed Coleman decided he was going to become a Libertarian because he was getting frustrated with the Republican Party and being told how he would vote and and not being allowed to call into question some things that he had concerns about. Uh, we ended up, uh, we, we rented a room at the Columbia Club, uh, thanks to a member there, and were able to have a podium, have lots of space, have people come in and do things. It wasn't expensive to do that, but it's just something to keep in mind. Absolutely, if you've got a friendly place, you can do it. Uh, you can try to do that. Tim? How important is it to have a web functional website by the time you do your first media? Uh, I think it's critically important. And in my own case, we announced I was running, and two weeks later I had a website. It just wasn't good because once you get that first media hit, hey, this, here's somebody running for office, you're going to have people maybe coming to look that day, and they might not ever try and do that again. Um, I know the, the party's done a lot of great things. Chris has been working really hard. I know we're trying to get some more cookie cutter kind of things that we can roll out to people so that. There's not, we don't have to reinvent the wheel every time somebody runs for In office. the meantime, I don't think there's anything wrong with going to WordPress.com, which they run the blog. You can pay 15 bucks for the year to them, and they'll give you the domain so it can be, you know, Night for Congress or Night 2010. And then you just set up the blog. They, they host it. All you got to do is pay the 15 bucks for the, the domain name, and then they, set, they give you the software. And it's all cookie cutter, and it looks professional, and, and it's a blog that you update every few days, once a week. And it's, and it's fairly easy. So. 
Ryan Linke works at the Southland Tribune. He helped me um, realize something that I didn't, I didn't know. Um, when you do get some response from the media, when they do come out, uh, it, it's kind of classy and a good idea to maybe send them a thank you note. Um, you know, I, I didn't really think about that. I just thought, well, well they're just doing their job, right? <laughs> well, they're people too, okay? Just like you and I. And if they, if they took the time to come out and cover your event, hey, you can't hurt yourself by sending them a little card that says thanks. I think that's absolutely you know, true. <laughs> um, and, and generally, the media is not out to get you. They're generally nice people, and they don't have horns. So right. it's okay to be nice to them and befriend them. <laughs> so, no, no, actually, the local Libertarian Party in Marion County befriended me when I was a reporter at the radio station, and I'm executive director today. So you may be recruiting a future staff member. <laughs> and those, and you know, they'll remember that. that right. It's a little personal touch. So if you ever run for office again, or you're chairman or or executive director of the party, you've got a relationship with them now. You've continued to try and build that little bridge. So I think it's really good input. Absolutely. Real quick. As, as someone who has facial hair myself, for, from a media perspective, how important is it to not have facial hair? In your opinion. In my opinion? <laughs> I don't know. It's a personal preference sort of thing. I think most voters prefer that you not. But... You know, so, but if it look good with it, then you know, go with it. So. I mean, if you're doing the Raleigh fingers, yeah, right. then we need to... Right, right. <laughs> and you don't want to be uncomfortable in your own skin. So you, know, you don't want to be comfortable with what you're doing. So that's it.